G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to a, another episode of G'day Gridiron. My mate Manjot and I are back to give you a bit of a preview of, uh, where are we Manjot? Week 9, good lord. Um, I can't even count that high these days. Oh, week 9 week in eight, the NFL. Actually. It's actually week 8. Is it week 8? I'm a week ahead of myself. Jesus, how bad. Yeah, back to week eight. Yep. Yeah, why? Because I didn't have a Vikings game to watch last week, so it's thrown me out completely. Um, but I do this week. But I do this week. The Vikings are back, as are some other teams. Uh, and obviously, still lots of bye weeks going on. Uh, we're here to give our opinions on a few big games that we picked, make some outlandish uh, big predictions. We promised ourselves we'll dial it back a bit this week, but... <laughs> sure as shit, you can uh, guarantee that halfway through this episode, we'll be throwing out big predictions like they're basically like they're water. <laughs> yeah. Um, like water falling from the sky, basically. Um, yeah. So we might as well we'll get started. Uh, as I said, there we are. We are in week eight. I'm reading the right thing now. We're in week eight. We've got two teams on buys this week, uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, so unfortunately, it. no, no Chiefs football, no exciting Chiefs football to watch. Oh, no exciting, no Herbert as well. Need to change no out a couple yeah. fantasy teams to account for Herbert being gone. But we miss you, Herbert. I ate a bit of Sherbet for you today. What the fuck? Did you just, <laughs> no, no, no. Did you just rhyme? Oh, yeah, Jesus, well, man, it's just... Taylor's thing. It's Taylor's thing. He calls him oh. Justin Sherbet on our other podcast, Aussie NFL Fantasy. Oh, he no. says that well, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you've still got some 49ers to watch this week. You've got one That's more good. week before. I think you got week nine spies for 49ers. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And they're gonna and they're gonna need it by the looks of last week. Um, oh yeah. Not expecting do. good things out of that game this week. So that's definitely not one of our big picks. Uh <laughs> the one about, time, um, yeah, one yeah. time daylight saving ends. The Niners go on to Dubai. So yeah. <laughs> All good. Okay. Uh, how about um, how about we jump into the first of the big games that we've had a bit of a had a bit of a look at? We want to have a bit of a chat about today. Uh, the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. The Pats three and four after a loss to the Chicago Bears. Yes, you heard right. We're going to keep reminding everybody that the Patriots lost to the Bears thirty three seventeen against the New York Jets, who are now five and two. Uh, and getting very healthy, and despite the losses of, of players like Brees Hall, unfortunately, um, which is a terrible, terrible injury, uh, they are out and about getting strength to strength, I think you could probably almost say. Um, yeah. And they obviously loaded up with James Robinson uh, last week as well, end of last week, end of last, last weekend. Um, shaping up to be... I think a, a really interesting matchup. Both of us were having a chat earlier. Manjot. Yeah, it seems like an interesting matchup because usually when we picture this game, it's always the Patriots smacking the shit out of the Jets. Yes, yes, it's it always, always has been. Yep. yep. Yeah, 
And sometimes the Jets players running to own players' butts. That's true. That was 10 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, that was almost 10 years ago now. I think it was, yeah, Thanksgiving 2012, that butt fumble. So, you know, now this Jets team is much better than and They've had a decade, most of it, except for 2015 when they had Fitzpatrick. That was the only year they've been good, except for this year in this yeah. last decade. So, yeah, the Jets, I'm really glad that they're back. You were telling me they were two and a half point underdogs, though. Is yes, that right? we just looked at that. They are The Jets somehow uh, on Sportsbet are two and a half point, and I guess it's like that. It's going to be like that in America as well. Um, no doubt. The, some of the betting places over there will have the same similar thing, but they're two and a half point start underdogs against the Patriots, so, which I just can't fathom. I can't fathom. The disrespect for New, for New York right now is just, Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I know it's the Patriots and the Jets and always traditionally been um, a Patriots hunting ground and they'd always just destroy the Jets and left them all heartbroken. But they lost to the fucking Bears 33-17. <laughs> yeah. They, they can't even figure out which quarterback to play on the field, which one of the two that look identical, even though they are the same person. Um, yeah. It's like a, you've got, they've just picked up a doppelganger. Yeah. Um, Oh, I just don't. They got they got no real wide receiver depth, like like strong. Um, it, they're going to basically rely on Ramondre Stevenson and Devontae Parker, and I think everybody knows that Hunter Henry's good for eight fantasy points every week. So you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not like he's kill. It's not like he's lighting everybody up. Um, and then. Defensively, they're just they're nothing, which I think was illustrated in that Bears game last weekend. Mm. Yeah, it's a very weird team for sure, especially considering that most of it. I feel like they're just an old school football team. They're trying to go mm. back to that Tom Brady sort of way, the Tom Brady early days about twenty years ago when they used to just run the ball all the time in the NFL. I think that's the sort a very, of way. That's a very, very Belichick team, really, isn't it? It's a very Belichick team indeed. I mean, they've got decent defense with Judon and some of these other guys like Jack Jones, the rookies, come up pretty well. They've got a good defense, and they just have the run game to support them on offense. They don't really have that strike number one wide receiver still. They try to get Devontae Parker to be that guy. He hasn't really come in into that role sort of yet. He's he's really just not had a big game as of yet. And this week, they're going up against a great cornerback in Sauce Gardner, who I reckon he's on top of the page performer team of the year cornerback spot right now. I'll be doing a team yeah. of the year, actually. I'll put that up in our midweek, uh, sorry, mid-season uh, show in that recap we'll do eventually for that, which teams are, like, dead and which teams are going to make playoffs, that, that one. So... Anyway, like, I really feel like the story, though, for the Jets, I want to see more of Zach Wilson because some of his, yeah, his stats have been very ordinary. I mean, he's getting the job done. They're winning games and they're doing this and that. But look, he's won the last two games throwing zero touchdowns. Actually, the last three games, he's thrown zero touchdowns. He's only thrown one of the season, and that was against Pittsburgh. And it's a weird weird stat line the last couple of weeks he's had 16 for 26 121 yards zero touchdowns zero ins against denver 10 for 18 
110 yards, zero touchdowns, zero ins against Green Bay. And yet the Jets, well, they won that first game by seven. But the second game they won, like the game before that, they they won 27 to 10 against Green Bay. And then they blew out the Dolphins, freaking 20, 40 to oh, 17. That was a, and that was a great, great game. Yeah. Really blew them out. And, and Wilson only had 210 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. So it's not like... We have seen much. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown in that Dolphins game too, but we haven't seen much of Zach Wilson, which is very weird to say the least because I don't know. Like Most people would think that he'd have that sort of sophomore leap this year, but he hasn't had any sort of leap. He's actually seemed quite average, to be honest. He hasn't had that much of a playmaking ability, I reckon, so far. He hasn't shown it at least. Ever yep. since he came into the lineup, Garrett Wilson is also slowing down and those sort of stat statistical numbers as well. He, once Flacco went out of the lineup, I mean, Flacco is throwing it up to Wilson, Garrett Wilson, that is, a ton. And then and then Zach Wilson comes in, trying to throw it to his other Wilson, and then it just it hasn't come there yet. It hasn't, it hasn't worked as well. Elijah Moore, of course, we've seen the frustrations with him. Apparently having burner accounts on Twitter as well. So that that <laughs> sort of that sort of depth issue with that um passing attack, it's really being masked by the the sudden rise of Brees Hall, who's unfortunately out for the year now. So there's more pressure on Zach Wilson at the moment, in my opinion, to have big games at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. There is a lot more pressure on him. Um, because he really does need to lead this team now. And obviously we're gonna uh I'm interested to see how many touches James Robinson does get um, yeah. this week. Uh, how much they've been able to, how many sort of uh, sort of plays they've been able to teach him, what sticks in his head, how they use him, um, whether they just go heavy Michael, Michael Carter, um, or whether they just do use, they just do sprinkling a bit of James Robinson as well, um, and then yeah, I'd like to see Garrett Wilson have a big game. Um, I think he's he hasn't had one yet, and they haven't really. They've used him in a very weird way, uh, and I I'd, I'd, I think I'd like to see a bit more of him. Does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, with yeah. Carter though, it's very it's just interesting to see the sort of games he's had recently when he's had sort of ten or more touches. I mean, every second game he's actually had. 10 or more touches starting from like week one, week three, week five, week seven. So he's had like 10 or yep. more touches, like as in rush attempts in those games. So he actually was pretty good in week one. He had 10 for 60 rushing and then seven and catches, 40 yards. And, and that's 10 or more with Brees Hall there with yeah. him, you know. Um, so he was take they, they were sort of, I guess, almost trading downs. Um, and then, yeah, and then going up week three, it's kind of just decreased from there. It goes from 11 ca- – it goes to 11 carries. It's gone up a carry, but he has 39 yards right then, only one catch for seven yards. And then against Miami a couple weeks later, he has 10 carries, 21 yards, and then two catches for 12. And finally, against Denver last week, he actually did pretty decently in the past game. 45 yards off his two receptions. But he had 13 carries for 29 yards. So it's showing that he might not be the right back for them. That's probably why they've traded for James Robinson. Because I don't think... 
Marshall True. Carter, the right guy. If you're looking at those sort of stats, where you're getting two yards a carry with him, that's that's awful. To be honest, I'm not I'm not gonna hold back there. That's pretty awful. Pretty ordinary numbers. Where four yards a carry is pretty much, I guess, standard in the NFL. It seems where four yards is a pretty decent carry for anyone. Having half of that, that's really gonna hold back a rushing attack. So. I think that's why they went out and got James Robinson, just looking at the pure numbers like that, because Carter hasn't really had that sort of game-breaking ability. With Robinson, he's he's done well behind terrible offensive lines in Jacksonville. I think with the Jets, they've had rotating doors at tackle and guard this year because of injuries. been following a few Jets pages on Instagram, keeping myself updated with that team quite a bit. So, yeah, the, the guard and tackle positions they've been absolutely decimated by injuries we saw Makai Becton he went down with an ACL straight away before the season and then they've just had a few injuries of guard here and there so the offensive line continuing continuity I, I can't <laughs> even say that. see I'm already halfway through my sentence can't say the word yeah the continuity between yeah. that offensive line has been pretty disruptive. I mean, they got Dwayne Brown, Lake and Tomlinson, two good guys on the left side. But just that right side with Nate, Herbig, and Mike Remmers has been pretty, pretty, I guess, rocked by all of these injuries. So they've got to they've got to build some sort of cohesion for the rest of the season. I think it's gonna to be tough against a guy like Matthew Judon coming off the edge. It'll be very, very tough for a team like the Jets to be stopping a guy like Judon. You know, these guys like Dietrich Wise up the middle. I mean, the Patriots, they, they have a very decent defensive line. So do the Jets. So it's going to be a very big arm wrestle, I reckon. Yeah, I think one of the other things I'm interested in seeing from that game is actually the on the Pat side. Uh, and it's the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi connection uh, and how that whole situation plays out. I'm interested to see uh, if they start if they do start using both of them during the game again, where they're trying to get a, a more of a look at Bailey Zappi or they're just trying to give maybe if they're just trying to give Jones a bit of a rest. I don't know where that is. Obviously because he, he's been injured. I don't know whether they were just playing it a bit safe. Um, or, or what's going on? Whether the Bills oh. just thinking he's gonna he's gonna build up two quarterbacks so he can uh, he can have some some draft capital. Oh, um, you know what they say, though, Ian. <laughs> when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah, that's yeah, what, well, that's yeah, some this, coach said that years that. ago. And then I think that's the situation you've got in the Patriots, where you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I think that's where it's kind of getting to. I mean, a bit harsh on Mac. I mean, I'm a bit of a Mac Jones hater um, from the draft. To be honest, I did not want San Fran to draft him, so I'm a bit of an admitted Mac Jones hater. But he did grow on me a bit last year. Hey, you, you could end up with him, yet? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta be careful when I was saying that. But look, <laughs> I think he's kind of grown on me, and he did pretty well last year. But just looking at Zappy, he he came in after breaking college records, as I said last week. And then look, he's just he's just done his job as much as he could. He even struggled against the Bears defense. I think maybe that's a credit to the Bears defense more than the more than the so. Patriots. I think that was more about the Bears defense than the Patriots offense. Yeah. I mean, if it was we, anything about the Patriots offense, it was just that they were lackluster and that they, there's yeah. nothing that they can really do. So I mean, I they've got that's, no wide receivers to be honest. Like, no yeah. offense to their wide receiving core. They're not up to standard. There's no 
true top dog at number one. So that means they their wide receiver room has just been lacking for any quarterback that's thrown there at all. Whereas Jones or you've got freaking Zappy, even Stidham back in the day, Hoyer, of course. Like any one of those guys have been struggling for years. Even Tom was struggling in his last couple of years at the Patriots with no wide receivers. So look, yeah, it's just they gotta get wide receivers. That's the thing. And I do, I think, yeah. Yeah, a guy like Odell, they can somehow get him. They can be in playoff contention first off. Oh, you reckon? And then, yeah, it's it's tough to be in playoff contention. But if they can get a guy like Odell, at least they'll give them some sort of spark. At least they're trying something there. But yeah. Odell coming off an injury, even that's a big risk for the Patriots. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. That's going to be one of my uh, one of my predictions. One of my first predictions I'm just going to send, throw out there is uh, – Bailey Zappi with one TD, one oh. plus TD. Well, I reckon they will play him at some point, and I and I think you'll will end up seeing a TD out of him. Um, I'll give you another one that I've just jotted down. Uh, James Robinson. This is you had me on this. You had thought the the talk the Michael Carter talk had me thinking about this. James Robinson ten plus touches and forty plus lit yards. Oh yeah. So Maybe have you got any big- other? Have you got any thoughts? Yeah. I actually like that prediction. I thought that was um, I thought that Robinson prediction is pretty good. Bit worried now starting my Cotton Fantasy against you this week in the big content league matchup, top of the table. But look, for me, I've got the Jets. I've got the Jets by a touchdown or more, so seven plus for me. That's a bit. That's a bit more conservative than you, but. It's just well, the, yeah, I went ten I went ten plus. So but you know. It's just the it's just the Boston versus New York rivalry. I think there'll be a bit there for the Patriots to be hanging on to. They'll be like, oh yeah, it's a big rivalry game, we'll turn off. And then yeah, hopefully they hopefully they can for their fans. But look, it'll be up to the quarterbacks. What can they do for the Patriots? What can Zach Wilson do for the Jets? It's just all up to the quarterbacks in this game, I reckon, because you've got a lot of moving parts on both sides, especially both offenses. They have a lot of moving parts. So quarterbacks are key. I'm going to trust Zach Wilson and the Jets a bit more. Um, any other predictions, though? I'm I'm probably going to go Michael Carter has a decent game. I'm going to say 50-plus yards for Michael Carter. And that that might be a bit low to some people. But I just think with all the yards per carry stats I just threw out, it's just going to be hard. So I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, 50 plus yards. I'll go 50 plus scrimmage yards. Yep. Just to, just to make sure that I actually nailed <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a bit of a cop out there. But look, so, Jet, so, so just, just the two? Jets 7 plus and a Michael Carter 50 plus scrimmage yards? Yeah, I think that'll right be it. just it for me. That'll do. Right. All right. Well then. Let's let's jog on to the next game, which is the Cardinals and the Vikings uh, in Arizona. Uh, Cardinals uh, at three and four currently. Um, obviously, getting back the likes of D Hop um, has sort of boosted Kyle Murray a bit more. Um, hopefully, we'll see a bit more of him here. Uh, obviously. Robbie Anderson in after after his uh, well I don't know was did, was he even in that game anyway Robbie Anderson into this team after being traded from the Panthers uh, so they they're loading up 
with a few more weapons for Kyle and Murray, um, which they will definitely need against the 5-1 and one Vikings who are coming off a bye with a completely healthy squad. Uh, there are no questionables. There are no any no outs on this entire depth chart uh, currently. Uh, we are obviously recording sort of Thursday um, Australian time. So, yeah, yeah. who knows Thursday morning what's going to Tuesday Thursday morning US. Who knows what's going to happen during Thursday practices. But at this point in time, we have a, a very healthy Minnesota Vikings team who will be hungry to keep uh, their winning record uh, and keep pushing through, coming up against the Arizona Cardinals unit with quite a few questionables. Um, haven't been so great on uh, the defensive side of the ball. Offense tends to start very slowly, which is something that was annoying me earlier in the season. They start very slowly and seem to just decide to wake up somewhere in the fourth quarter and, and have to play from behind and push themselves. Um, but I'm even as a Vikings fan, even if I wasn't a Vikings fan, I'd be very much looking forward and interested to watching this. But definitely as a Vikings yeah. fan, uh, interested in what's going to happen here and how, um, how some things are going to play out. Yeah, first off, can I just say, I wish Gus Johnson was re- announcing this one this rematch because last year they played that wild game and Gus Johnson, he went off in the commentary booth. So I was wishing Gus Johnson was in the commentary. I think Chris Mars is, is the commentator. So unfortunately, no Gus Johnson to be screaming. But look, a rematch of that classic game last year, 34-31 win by the Cardinals. You'd be feeling sick in your stomach remembering that one, Ian, because it was a tough loss for the Vikings there. One of the many ones, but that leads me into this year's Vikings team. They're actually managing to close out their games properly this year. No more choking in the last couple minutes of the half, last couple minutes of the game. They're actually closing out games like they should have been last year. And that's a full testament to the coaching staff and the players because they've actually got them into somewhat of a respectable position where they've actually stopped the choking. Hopefully, touch wood, touch wood on all this injury stuff and touch wood on all the choking stuff. Don't want to jinx at the moment. But yeah, the Vikings, they're gonna they're looking like a good team. Five and one. It even surprises me they're five and one to be honest, because that one loss against the Eagles just it was on prime time. It was their one really nationally televised game. And it made the Vikings oh, and, they, look and, they, and they played terribly. They played terribly yeah. in that game. It made the Vikings look worse than they, their record shows. And I think the Vikings, they, they can really bounce back. They've really bounced back, actually, pretty strong. And I think this is where the Vikings, again, being a fully healthy team against the Cardinals, were a bit of a mystery at this point because they had that big win last week. They took a couple of pick sixes to the house against Andy Dalton. Kirk Cousins, he might have to be a bit more careful with the ball there, Ian, you think? Or is it just Andy Dalton? Because I probably think it's just Andy Dalton at that point. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I think so. Yeah, because... Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I think they've, they've figured out a lot um, so far in the first six games that they played. It's obviously, it's obviously a very different system that they're, they're playing in. Um, um, now the Vikings... Um, and they do, yeah. I think they've they're figuring out how to play as this offense and how to 
sort of put something different together. I like the fact that there are guys, there's a lot more KJ Osborne. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more Irv Smith Jr. There's a lot of CJ Ham even, you know, fullback is still is, is getting a bit going on there as well. Um, so they're, they're not just relying on uh, Jefferson and Cook um, with a bit of 20-yard Thielen thrown in there. Um, last year he was he was always good for any uh, any 20-yard bet, really, Thielen yeah. was. It was amazing. Um, I like the fact that they are. Even Jalen Rager coming in, you know, they've, he, yeah. he's, he's been involved a bit as well. Even uh, Madison's getting rushing. Madison, you see what I mean? It's, there's a lot going on here. I, I think I like the fact that they're using a lot more of them. So it's um, a lot more interesting. I do think, though, that the Vikings this week, they need to. it needs to be one of those games where um, where Justin Jefferson has a big game. Uh, it needs yeah. to be one of those games where Dalvin Cook is hitting the holes. It can't just be it can't just be three, four-yard carries. It, it, he has to be getting chunk plays. There has to be first down yardage out of Dalvin Cook um, or more in this game. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, just there has to be those games. The big the big names have to show up. Um, yeah. yeah. And then by the same token, Cousins has to go through reads. Cousins has to look because usually Dylan is always still open in, in the middle of the field. When there's a big run on and it's, and it's Jefferson, you can usually find Dylan open somewhere. Um, on the safe option, um, and I think Cousins needs to make sure he's not just taking the the first option and just throwing a ball um, and letting the Cardinals pick him off or do any of that as well. Um, yeah. It's also, just, I think the O line needs the O line needs to show up, and they need to protect him to be able to do it as well. Yeah, it's just weird looking at the Cardinals defense because look, they had. They had the interceptions last week against Dalton, but they were pretty bad reads. And Dalton still threw four touchdowns on them as well. It shows just how bad this secondary has been across the board this year, especially in that Chiefs game. It was pretty it was pretty weird to see. Um ever since then, I just haven't really liked that team, the the Cardinals defense. Because it's just uh, it's just that secondary hasn't seemed that good with Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson as the cornerbacks. It just it just hasn't gelled back then. And I think this is where Jefferson, like you said, can have a big game. Even feeling I would put out as having a pretty solid game, he could. And then I mean, JJ Watt, uh, congrats to him, by the way, on having his first son this week. It was great to have um his first son be born. It was great. Um, congrats to him and his family there. I uh, think he's going to be backing up for this one after the birth of his son. So, look, I think I think that's probably the best rushing threat they have is J.J. Watt. But how much football does he really have in the tank? He hasn't shown that much that he's shown that he did in his prime. He hasn't really shown as much ever since because it's just like, yeah, he's just been kind of falling off a bit through age mm. and injury, which is just really sad to see. But... Yeah, look, JJ Watt, hopefully he's um back. I mean, yeah, that Cardinals defense is just it'll probably be a shootout if they're gonna win. It's gonna be a shootout with some crazy fourth quarter comeback. That's the only way the Cardinals have actually shown they can win a football game. But for me in this one, I got the Vikings winning. Uh, I'll go Vikings. I'd say Vikings by by 
I'd say 14 or more. I think they're going to win big. 14. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go big this Vikings one. Vikings 14s plus. Yep. Yeah. I'll go Jefferson over 125 receiving yards. Uh, Thielen, I'd go over 75 receiving yards. And then Kirk Cousins throwing for 300 more yards. There you go. I'll give you four there. What did you have, Thielen? Thielen's over 75 receiving yards. 75, right. And then Cousins. Cousins? Yeah, 300 passing yards. 300 passing yards. Yeah. Everybody, this is this is thrilling podcasting. Listening to me type out our list, but um, it is this is crazy. I just couldn't believe those. So they just they all came at me at once, and I was very shocked that Manjot was even going to go that many. Just all Vikings. It's, it's you're very confident. I mean, I'm confident, but I'm I'm still a Vikings uh, look, fan. When so I'm you're never that a fan, confident. yeah, when you're a fan of the team, <laughs> it's just like I've seen don't too many. Th- I've seen too many three point losses. Um. So I'm I'm gonna go. I am gonna be way more conservative. Vikings one to seven. Um, I, I still think it'll be a shootout, but I I I respect the Cardinals to yeah probably try and put something together in the fourth quarter and really try and come back. Uh, but I think the Vikings will hang on. Um, and on that, Kyler Murray two eighty plus passing yards. And then um, I think for the Vikings, I reckon KJ Osborne one TD. Yeah, uh, I mean I just think. Just to like add on to it, it's just I think the Vikings defense is pretty good. And Peterson, I think, yeah, Peterson versus Hopkins is a big matchup in this one in terms of wide receiver cornerback battles. Patrick yep. Peterson, he's got to do a good job on Hopkins. I think they'll put a safety over the top. And yeah, I think that's where the Vikings, they have good game planning, good coaching. They can really put like, the game away pretty early, in my opinion. So that's why I went with 14 plus. Excellent. I like it, mate. I, I like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, holding that confidence. Yeah. Uh, come game day. Come, what am I, 4 a.m. this week? Damn it. Yeah, it should be on. <laughs> I, I, I reckon this one should have been on TV, to be honest. It was a travesty when I saw the schedule on the Australian TV. It was like, not on the ESPN or seven mate. So very uh, I can see why it's weird. Patriots it's Patriots Jets. Yeah, that's gotta be on chance seven to do Patriots Jets. I can it's gonna be on seven mate. They, they will always grab that. And then I guess uh, we've had a few ESPN games already this season, so you've got to share yeah. it around at some point. Um <laughs> for some yeah, reason so. they always show Raiders games on seven mate, so never yeah. watch seven mate. I always watch Red Zone instead. But yeah. onwards to um to a t- game that is definitely on TV this week. Uh, yeah. In fact, it is the Sunday night football game for this week the, between the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. Oh. Now, some people will probably get on us and say, how can you say this is a big game? The Packers suck right now. Yes, the Packers do suck right now. But they are also the Packers, and they do also have Aaron Rodgers, who did shit can his entire team this week. So <laughs> there is a big possibility that this will be a good game. Um, also, uh, the Bills have this weird reputation of not showing up against teams who aren't thought to really do well against them. Um, yeah. So I think it will be a, a, a good game. I think a, a, a big game, possibly, because we're calling it big games. Yeah. Can we call it a big game? Don't know. Anyway, oh, the Packers are... Sunday night. 
And it's but Rogers it is on Sunday Allen. night as well. And it is Packers at three and four, so below 500 for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' entire playing career uh, oh. against the Buffalo Bills, who are five and one and look like the absolute juggernaut of the NFL yeah. right now. Um, they really have it going on on both sides of the ball, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and you can imagine they are absolutely not fucking about. Let's talk about another team with um, with no with no injury concerns, really. This Buffalo Bills team manages to fight the way that they do, and their entire defensive roster is healthy, uh, oh. which is scary, 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 because yeah. <laughs> it's just... Um, and then basically the entire offensive uh, roster is healthy, certainly all the starters. Um, uh, the only question at the moment being around Spencer Brown, their right tackle, um, but it is also a right tackle. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, you have a look at this this roster and you know that you can get big games any day of the week out of – um, Singletary or Diggs, um, Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie have been having uh, a bit of a field day at times as well. But then yeah. there's there's obviously the Dawson Knox thing. It's it's huge, you know. And then you've got Josh Allen who may run for another hundred yards. He he may have another hundred yard rushing game, which would be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I did that at the moment. It's going to be a big game. I'm going to be really excited to see this Sunday night football. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I don't know, you go, mate. I- yeah, <laughs> I, only issue I have with what you said was the Bills being healthy fully on defense because they've had some injuries in the secondary, particularly Micah Hyde, neck injury. Davis Wise is still out from his injury from last year. So they're not fully healthy in the secondary, but most other places, you're right, they're like – Pretty much just no questionables, nothing. It's just, yeah, those season-ending injuries. But coming into this one, they've gone with the same guys they rode with against the Chiefs and won the game with against the Chiefs. So they really, really built some confidence there because there was a few questions I had of that Buffalo team after the last couple of years, especially after that Miami loss, because I think they were like 06, 0-6, 0-6-1 or something against um teams when they lost in in one possession games. Yeah, when games were decided by one possession. They're like 0-6. Mm. And, and then they came out and they beat the Chiefs. So they put those questions to bed in my mind. So they are pretty clutch. And most of the reason they are that way, why they're only 0-6 in the last couple of years and the Texans are worse. They're the only team that's worse than them at 0-6-1. So the only reason they were that bad was because they just blow teams out by, like, 14 points, 17 points. They like to blow the good teams out. Like, they just just destroy you when they're up. They just destroy you. And this is is another case where Rodgers opening up as a 10.5-point underdog for the first time in his career, as you Mm. said. Yep. um, Yep. On this show, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's one of those cases. It's people just respecting... That Rogers uh, and the Packers are going to have a tough day against the Bills, who like to crush teams, and that's that's what I'm really looking at with this game: is how good can the Bills be? Because do they play down to the Packers' level, or do they actually play up to their? 
best level? Do they play up to the occasion of Sunday night football when it's Allen against Rodgers? They go hype it up like that instead of being like, oh, Bills versus Packers. It's going to be like Allen versus Rodgers. You can't doubt Aaron Rodgers, no matter how bad he's been this year. He can always find a way to win a game somehow, some way. He's just shown it all, all across his career. But yeah, a few questionables for the Packers, especially in offense. They have, what, five questionables, six questionables on their offense. So it's it's been a crazy week for them. I think I really want to see more of the run game from the Packers, though. They haven't really used their run game at all across the year. I mean, Aaron Jones had a couple touchdowns, but they're both receiving touchdowns last week. So I think for them, like Jones and Dylan, that's a good running back pair. And they've just gone like passing all more than more often than not. They should be running the ball with those rookie receivers and Watkins as their receiving core. Yeah. I think they absolutely. should be yeah, and Lazard, of course. But look, they should be. I said it the other day, didn't I? I said it the yeah, other day. Why they need to be? They need to be using the ground. They, yeah. So you can't believe in the, that the receiving core can do the job that they need to do right now. Um, yep. Then you don't cut them out entirely, but you need to be focusing on Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, um, and then even uh, guys like Tunyon, or you know, and then sprinkle in a bit of Lazard and a bit of Dobbs. And a bit of Sammy yeah. Watkins or whoever, Amari Rogers, you know, whoever. But you need to sprinkle those guys in because it needs to be around. It needs to be based on the ground. Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm looking at is they've got to go on the ground. I think even Buffalo, they could look at going on the ground a little bit because they got Singletary. And Singletary is a guy I really like as, as they're running back. And I think at Buffalo – it's going to be a little bit colder than usual. So I think that's where, if they can go a little bit more towards the ground. I mean, I know it's mid, it's like nearly November pretty much. And so the the ground is getting a bit colder, but it's not fully like snowing and shit. But like, it's getting colder. And I think this is where Singletary can start warming up and be this sort of threat for Buffalo. I mean, there was talks of them trading from Christian McCaffrey before he eventually got traded. And then I think they've made the right choice in just sticking with Singletary. I mean, now there's rumors about Kareem Hunt and these other running backs. But I think Singletary, if he can prove over the next couple of weeks, starting this game, that he's the guy, the number one running back. I think they just got to ride it with him for the rest of the season because he can be that guy that wins you the games. Cold weather, snowing in January in Buffalo. I think Singletary can be that guy for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I have to agree with that. Uh, I, I think he can be. I think he's doing he's doing reasonably decent numbers. It's not like yeah. he's not. Um, the last the last few have been you know eighty five. There's a 40-40. So it's it's like they're decent rushing yards. Um, yeah, and it's what you need out of out of your your top uh, your, your number one running back. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think you're. I think I agree. He, he, I think he can be the guy. Um, I, I think it's just all talk about. I, obviously, they're going to try. The Bills are going to try and load up. They watch the Eagles loading up at the moment. Um, yeah, and they'll tr- they'll try and do the same. Um, yeah, they've got to really stamp their ground on the AFC. They're on top already. 
they're looking like one of the top seeds already. They've got that 5-1 record. They've still got a game in hand on a ton of teams. I mean, not the Chiefs anymore. This is their one game in hand on the Chiefs um, because the Chiefs are on the bye. So they're going to make up that game that they missed last week. So they'll catch up to the Chiefs in terms of games played. And then I think that's where, if you're looking at the Bills, these are sort of games you've got to win, these big games against teams like that. And then, um, yeah, I just think this is going to be a game where Buffalo really needs to stamp their foot on the Packers. I think you as a Vikings fan would like to see it, to be honest. You'd love, so to see, I mean, you'd love to I mean, see let's... the double of Me the Vikings a... winning and I, then I, I, the I, I, Packers I, I... losing. Yes, absolutely. But I, I mean, me as a also me as a Vikings fan, though, or me as just a uh, a fan of football in general, I would have preferred that the Vikings were having a winning season and going to win the NFC North with a strong Packers team because yeah. you can't say that we didn't just because at the moment we're just going to be able to, people are just going to say you only won because the Packers were crap, um, and I would yeah. have preferred the opposite. I would have preferred us to beat those the Packers. Uh, at their own game and figure it out, uh, but that hasn't happened. But I tell you what, I tell you how confident I am in the Bills this week. Um, twenty plus. I'm Dude, Bills. Wow, Bills twenty plus, mate. Wow, that's that's insanity. That's that's crazy, man. I'm going I'm, big, big. You're going massive. You're going. I mean, for massive good predictions. Too. I mean, for good reason too. I mean, they lost by seventeen to the Bears. Oh, sorry, no. To the Jets, sorry, my bad. Yep. They won by 17 against Bears. Both games were 27-10, the Packers there. But look, they lost to the Giants, Jets, and Washington. Three losses in a row. They were looking good at 3-1, but then now they've just dipped and gone 3-4. So I think the Packers going 3-5 here. I'm going Bills. I'm going to be a little bit less confident. I'm going to be 14-plus. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in within range. 14 plus, just keep it down a little bit. I'm going to go. I think Josh Allen's having a big game. Give me Allen 300 plus passing yards. And Diggs, man, I need you to perform against Ian in fantasy. So I'm going to put my um, faith in you 125 plus receiving yards for you, Diggs. That might even be a bit plus. <laughs> yeah. You should be, shouldn't you be? Come on, mate. You should have been going for the TD. You should be willing him to get more TDs. You'll get more. Oh, okay, TDs. okay. Add a TD onto no, that. I'm not uh, plus a TD. Oh, yeah, plus a TD. Plus added. TD. Uh, yeah. Well, I tell you what. I'm me. As I said, as I said last week, I started putting uh, my predictions on some of my predictions on as bets, um, just for <laughs> a bit more fun and to get me a bit more yeah. invested in the big predictions. Uh, in the big predictions I'm making, the stupidity that I keep spitting out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going for what my – I'm going to try and put this multi on. I'm going to see what happens here. Uh, I'm going to, I can't do it today because not all the lines are up. I wish I could because it would be amazing to see what it is. Oh, boy. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, 60-plus rushing yards. Josh Allen, 280-plus passing yards. Uh, Knox with a TD. Diggs with 50-plus receiving yards and a TD. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So if, you, so if you're on sports bet, it would be any time TDs and – 50 plus because I think his line will be around 50 anyway. Um, yeah. I'll see what he's what I'll probably do is see where the where their over under lines are sitting at. Um, and I may just, yeah, if, if interesting you gave, like um, but yeah, interesting you gave uh, Allen 60 plus rushing yards because 
during the week, I was doing a bit of research, reading an article in The Ringer about running QBs and actually scrambling <laughs> for QB is more valuable on EPA than passing is. It's actually, is it really? Yeah, it's actually more valuable. I think it's double the value of passing. I go and check that, but it's it was a very interesting sort of stat that, yeah, they double the EPA when a QB scrambling than when a QB's passing. So that shows how valuable scrambling is in this league. So that's just a bit of a tangent I wanted to educate our viewers on a little bit because this next game, though, there is a scrambling QB as well. Well, definitely. Yes, moving on. There is a scrambling QB in our last game, our, our fourth one for the week, and that is the other New York team, New York Giants, the 6-in-1 New York Giants up against oh. the Seattle, the unlikely Seattle he- Seahawks at 4-3. and three. The Geno Smith Seahawks at 4-3 and three, um, who have been incredibly entertaining in every one of their seven matchups so far, um, that's for sure. So yeah. uh, as have the Giants. The Giants are um, that quintessential will never give up team will fight to the absolute death it doesn't matter where they're at um, yeah so this is going to be definitely be a big matchup uh and it will be interesting to see if that other if that other scrambling um qb can yeah. put up put up some of the numbers he's done in the past um obviously last week having a hundred yard um Rushing game against Jacksonville, as well as 200 yards in passing, which uh, was it? It was first time yeah. for the Giants, or first time? No, yeah, for the, first time for the Giants. Yeah, yeah, since like 1941. Yeah, so it's huge. A weird stat. Uh, it is a weird stat, but obviously, this is a team. Unlike the Packers, this is a team who knows where their strength is, and there's those yeah. their strength is on the ground, and they know that their strength. Is in Daniel Jones rushing and and being able to evade everybody, and in Saquon Barkley, basically not just finding holes, but he finds chasms to run through, mm-hmm. um, because this offensive line is doing an amazing job in creating the the holes and and creating the space for these guys to run, and that's what they're going with, um, and then they sprinkle in the guys, the wide receivers, and the receiving core. To get them down the field a bit more, but yeah, they absolutely no. Um, it's going really is interesting because I think the um, to me anyway, the interesting part of the Seahawks this season hasn't actually been the offensive side with Geno. It's actually been the defensive side of the ball, which has really held up their own despite not having any massive household names. Um, mm, yeah, they are they were just a team that is just built to go. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, I think one guy that is becoming a household name is Tariq Woolen. I think he's the guy that could be the real household name on this defense. He's been an amazing cornerback the whole year so far. As a rookie, too, amazing numbers he's had. Already had four interceptions, and Mm -hmm. he looks like the next Richard Sherman for them. I don't want to hype him up that far. I don't want to put too many unnecessary expectations but he just looks like a Richard Sherman converted from wide receiver to cornerback in college and now he's just performing 
on the Seahawks as a fifth-round draft pick. So exactly like Richard Sherman, I think he's the household name. Also, Quandre Diggs back there as well. But look, the problem is, though, the secondary has had a couple of injuries on the other side with strong safety. Ryan Neal, he's starting, but he's questionable. They have Mike Jackson as their other cornerback across Tariq Bull, and that's been a bit of a sore spot for the the Seahawks defense. I mean, Kobe Bryant, he could be, he could be out there as, I mean, he's, he could be out there as well on their defense a bit more, but they just have him as a backup on ESPN behind Woolen. So that's very interesting for me, but I think this one's going to be more of a shootout than most people would expect because that secondary Seattle, despite Woolen being locked down on one side, the other side, Hasn't been as locked down. I mean, we saw that Lions game against the Seahawks. I think we're going to see something crazy like that. You're not going to expect a shootout between these two teams, but I think there's going to be a shootout for some reason because Gino, he's a very efficient passer no matter what. He never turns the ball over. He's always having like 120 point something passer rating plus because he's just so efficient. He gets like two touchdowns a game. No interceptions, 230 yards. I think that's the sort of player Gino is. He can just play it safe and get it efficiently down the field without taking the big risk. And I think that's just perfect for them. But the problem is a couple of injuries. I mean, DK, he's a big injury. We don't really know much about DK Metcalf's injury, but it's pretty significant when your top wide receiver is having that sort of injury. I think Tyler Lockett will be leaned on a bit more. Marquis Goodwin a bit more as well. He had a couple of times. Tyler Lockett's also questionable as well, which is another yeah, worry. Exactly. And it's just, it's not looking good um, for them in the wide receiving core. But it's Gino, I think he can adapt a little bit. But the names behind these guys like D. Eskridge, Penny <laughs> Hart, Derek Young, that's a bit bit of a worry. There might if if Lockett's not playing, presumably, but I think he is more likely than not to play. You gotta lean on Goodwin if those guys are a bit banged up or, or out. Because yeah, Lockett's hamstring is playing up a bit, and that's a bit of a worry as someone being over thirty. That's a little bit bit of a worry for Lockett. Yeah. But yeah, God, uh, sorry, Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin. He had a couple touchdowns last week. So Gino has shown he can do it with a variety of receivers. And, of course, Kenneth Walker versus Saquon Barkley, the battle of the running backs. I think that's where it mainly is for me because it depends on which defensive line can shut down the other team's running back better because I think this is where Kenneth Walker, he has to show he's the game winner. He Last week he showed it. But I think he's got to back it up again and really show that he is the game winner for this Seahawks offense, especially if their wide receivers are all coming in with injuries. That's going to be tough for a Seahawks team. And I think the the defensive line, though, of the Giants, you got Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, Kavon Fibido as well. That's an amazing defensive line already. A, a pretty young one as well. So they got a few years left in them. So... That's going to be something I'm excited to see is the Giants, how they can stop this uh, offensive attack with Kenneth Walker. I think that's going to be where this game is won and lost is Kenneth Walker. Can he run past them? Can Saquon Barkley get past 
guys like Quinton Jefferson, Al Woods, Miles Adams, and Darrell Taylor on the other side of the ball. Jordan Brooks as well, their linebacker. Like that front seven of the Seahawks is nothing to be messing around about. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a good game. I mean, Seamus on the same time as the Niners game because I've got to be splitting my attention between these two. Games. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a shame. I wish this one was actually... I would even put this one in primetime over a couple of the other ones than primetime this week because I put over Bengals and Browns on Monday night. I put it in because it's just two of these teams, they're just just—they're finally coming back. I think, you know, the Seahawks, they're already leading the West and then the Giants, they're 6-1. If it wasn't for the Eagles being undefeated, the Giants would be... They'd be tied up top there. So... It's very, it's a very interesting matchup. Something very unexpected. No one would have seen this being the only matchup between two teams who are over five hundred. And most people, even Fox themselves, the, <laughs> they they send their number one team to the Boy Niners Rams. You'd expect yeah. that to be, the more of the attention would be on that game. But here we've just put Seahawks Giants on, and yeah, I think that'll be a great game. I can't wait. I'm gonna. I'm going to say that the total, like the total the two teams put up, I'm going to say it goes over, oh, I'd go over 60 points. Yeah. Giants, yeah. Giants and the Seahawks going over 60 points here. I, I just, I'm feeling a fun one coming on here. Yeah, right. Cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. Both teams scoring over 30, hopefully, and getting over that, that 60. And, Look, well, I'm, I mean, it could. The reality is, it could be one team scoring a ton of points and the other not. Yeah, which is the and other way. I, look, I chose the Seahawks for an upset last week. Seahawks. I, I got that right, so I'm going Seahawks again. Yeah, You're sticking with it again. Yeah, I mean, just no disrespect to the Giants, but I think the Seahawks. I don't know why. I just think again, it's a weird one, but I think the Seahawks have got it clicking. That's why I'm going with them, especially with Geno Smith. He's he's a very efficient gets the job done sort of quarterback. And I think that's why I'm going to go with the Seahawks, just because they have a little bit more dependency at quarterback. And Kenneth Walker, he can be as good as Saquon in this game. So I'm going to go lean with the Seahawks. I think they'll win between one to seven points here. One to seven? Yep. Seahawks. So we are, we're going to have a bit of a – we're going to have our, uh, our, our face-to-face, our matchup <laughs> between us this week then. Because I'm yeah. going Giants one to seven, so we're both picking a close game, um, but I'm going Gi- Giants one to seven. Um, yeah, I did other win one... that one. I did win that one last week, by the way. You did. You did. Seahawks, Let's see so... if I can get it back now. Yeah. The only <laughs> other one I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with uh, the battle of the running backs, um, Walker and Barkley, both uh, fifty plus yards. I reckon. Russia. Yeah, yeah. I think they can both reach that mark for sure, especially if they're getting a lot of carries in this one. I think that's a pretty... No, I, you know, I'm going bigger. I was already thinking bigger. Let's go 60. Yeah, uh, up that point on 10. 60 plus, because that's too easy. 60 yeah. plus. So Walker and Barkley, both 60 plus yards each. So, oh, yeah. That's going to be going to be good. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Righto, mate. Well, um what else have we got going on? How about uh, some other games? Or actually, let's go with the one bit of news that we need to discuss yeah. for this week because we already talked about Mac Jones up top. Um, there's not a lot of news coming out at the moment, not a lot of interesting news. 
Yeah. Um, so, but this week, obviously, saw Bears defensive, well, today, yesterday, today, yesterday, whatever. Yeah. Bears defensive end, Robert Quinn, traded to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. Uh, the Eagles are busy loading up on depth and weapons uh, for their run, hopefully, to the Super Bowl. Um, and Chicago will pay most of Quinn's salary. So that's a very big win for the Eagles right now. The, yeah. Obviously, the Chicago get um, a fourth-round pick from the Eagles, plus um, still have to keep his money. Uh, interestingly enough, the Eagles, though, are still loaded on draft picks, um, both for 2023 and they've got some 2024s going on as well. So yeah. even after trading Robert Quinn, um, CJ Gardner-Johnson last year and AJ Brown and Jordan Davis last draft day, the Eagles are still scheduled to have six picks. This is from Adam Schefter, by the way, who's, who uh, popped this information up there in, out in the, in, the interwebs. They're scheduled to have six picks, six, six, one, two, three, four, five, six in the 2023 yeah. draft, including two in the first round, theirs and the Saints. Um, and then they also have two, two second-round picks in 2024, theirs and the Saints. Um, yeah, they've done pretty well. Because they have done well. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of draft capital still to go. So you can imagine, are they going to go to a draft with that, or wanting to go hard for a Super Bowl? Are they going to start dealing out some picks to uh, to some other teams to get some big pieces into that? Yeah, um, I, into that team. I think the running back spot might be next. I mean, there's been names Ooh. like Kareem Hunt being floated around as being running back trades next stop. Alvin Kam- I was hearing some Alvin Kamara like sort of rumors recently about Kamara being um traded and I'm, I I'm saw just that thinking. just I saw that just a, a few minutes ago actually. Um, yeah, that's yeah, interesting because th- there's some teams who've inquired about Kamara but I don't know. I think Kamara I, think that- I think Kamara retires a Saint still. It's just he's got to retire a Saint. I mean if McCaffrey Look, McCaffrey going from the Panthers, that that was pretty shocking because everyone thought that he was going to retire from Panther. You can't see him in another jersey. I think we'd feel the same amount, if not more shock, if Kamara was to leave the Saints. And on the Robert Quinn trade, though, he's only had, what, the eight combined tackles, um, couple assists, and the one sack this season so far in six games. So he hasn't really performed up to what he was last year. Yeah, he had some great seasons. I mean, he had that 19 and a half sack season. I think that was last year. And look, yeah, it was 18 and a half last year. I'm right there. So, yeah, with Quinn, though, I think he's he's going to cook on this defensive line. That's just what I'm feeling because they have some good names there like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. These guys can really hold up a few of the blockers. You can't block all of them when Quinn is there. It's yep. it's just loading up on the defensive line. We've seen the 49ers do it, where you get a ton of good names, ton of great players on that defensive line. You just re- rotate them in. And the offensive line, you can't block all of them unless you have five good offensive linemen. And then you got you can actually have a chance blocking them one-on-one because it's just going to be hard for um def- the offensive lines to just block out this defensive line for sure, especially down the stretch when you're playing – for your playoff life in this when you're playing for the Super Bowl even 
it's going to be tough in those cold weather conditions to run past this defensive line. Smart move by Howard Roseman and the Eagles. They're keeping all their draft capital. And Roseman, who's copped some shit from Eagles fans here and there, he's a very good GM. Already built one Super Bowl team for them. Can he build another and maybe even more? The future looks bright for the Eagles and another good move here for them. Yeah, for sure. So, well, mate, um, any other thoughts on the week's games? Um, I know your 49ers are playing the Rams. They're probably going to get a a win. I think we're going to see a a, a heavy McCaffrey set, I think, this this week. I'm excited. I think this is the week week we finally start seeing um, Christian McCaffrey, Debo, how they're going to utilize the two of them. Yeah, I mean, Debo's day today with a hamstring, so this might be a bit of a stretch to put Debo in too much. I think that's good, though, for McCaffrey's usage. I think that's good for the Niners. They got McCaffrey because he can ease the load a little bit on Debo, especially a guy you just signed for a massive contract. I think that's a good move. That's why I was really liking the McCaffrey move. People said we paid too much for a running back, but... Look, if he can deliver us like good results consistently, then that's good. I think, yeah, this is going to be a good test for the Shanahan run game. I mean, Jeff Wilson still got a touchdown against the Rams a couple weeks ago. So this Niners team, they can really do well. And and there's been a lot of interviews come out this week. Like Sean McVay, I think is basically, you could say, shitting his pants once he was talking about McCaffrey and the Niners because he was like, ah, shit, they got McCaffrey. And then Stafford said he believed he was going to be a Niner, then he became a Ram. So few interesting quotes coming out from the Rams there in the lead-up to this matchup. Yeah, I think, though, look, I'm a bit... I'm optimistic. Again, I hope the Niners win so all the fire Kyle Shanahan crowd can just shut up because I'm hearing too much about it. I'm defending my head coach till I die. Mate, to, be these, honest, these are, he's good. to be honest, the people that have got the fire, the fire Shanahan stuff don't understand what he's brought to that team and yeah. to the league and how he runs the team. You just need to go and, and uh, dive deep into film and how some of the things are going on um, to know really uh, how good a coach he is. Yeah, look, the right, so. Shanahan offense, yeah, you're completely right, Ian. It's just it's just a great offense. You can't replace that. And once you've built a team around that offense, you just can't bring in another coach unless he's from the Shanahan tree itself. So, yeah, it just it'd be stupid, in my opinion, Absolutely. for them to just get rid of Shanahan just like that. Who do you replace him with? Because... That's the bigger question. Shanahan, he gets signed next day. But yeah, look, I've had two episodes in a row ranting about that. So <laughs> might have to put that it's topic to rest. Hopefully it's putting that topic to rest. Um, The Titans, they're playing the Texans. And yep. you know, that's Derrick Henry's favorite opponent. Apparently he goes off for about 200 plus yards every time he plays the freaking Texans. Really? So he actually... He's had a few 200-game pieces, especially that one season he got to 2K. He actually did it on the Texans. That was 2020. And, yeah, Derrick Henry versus the Texans, that's an elite matchup. So, yeah, it's either the Texans or the Jaguars he goes off against. It's just, yeah, it's his favorite opponent. So, I think Derrick Henry, I'm going to put this on. I'm going to be like, he's got he's got 170 carries for a 
2035. Oh, yeah, right. so this is in I thought you were games. throwing out a prediction then. I was no, like, no, no, hang no. on. No, I was just going to read out the stats. My bad. My bad. He doesn't get 170 carries. No, no. Not in this. So 170 carries, 1,035 yards, and nine rushing touchdowns with five catches uh, for 74 receiving yards in his 10 games against the Texans in his career. So that's a lot. 100 yards a game. I think he gets 100. I'm going to go... So his last three games, by the way, against the Texans, he got 211, 212, and 250 rushing yards. So you've got to say it's a 200-plus game, then, don't you? Yeah. I've got to, I, I'll play it safe. I'll go 125-plus rushing yards for Derrick Henry. That's easy money, I reckon. So, uh, well, for anyone betting, I'm not betting him. But, look, 125-plus rushing yards for Derrick Henry against the Texans. Just bookmark it. I think that's just that's so just me. Gonna I'm gonna book. Lock. I'm gonna it's bookmark gonna those lock. kind of numbers. That is gonna be. That's going into something. That because, is going into something. It's crazy how one player can have that much dominance against a team. I mean, he's it only is. playing. Yeah, he only played one, one player game. who's not a one player who's not a QB. By the way, because there's obviously yeah. QBs who have, would dominate other teams throughout history. Um, but yeah, to he have didn't a running play back, against the Texans last year, so he he's got to be hungry, right? For another 200-yard game. He was missing his 200-yard game, so that is injury. So, surely he gets back to form. I've got a thought, and it's on the team. It's around the team that we're supposed to be on a hiatus from. Oh, no. I think the Broncos return from London without a head coach. Oh, yes. Uh, I've got to love this one. I, I, I voiced it out from week one. I went on week one. I was like, Nathaniel Hackett is not the right coach for the Broncos. First game. I'm here one game to be convinced. He's going up against his former team, who he used to be offensive coordinator of the Jaguars back in the day. He wasn't that good. I mean, apparently, because I didn't watch much Jaguars football back then, only Matty C would know, and he tells me Hackett wasn't that good, so I believe him. I mean, I saw the numbers too. Hackett wasn't that good back then. He wasn't that good with the Packers. He was just carried by a two-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers, so look, I'm just going to be out there and say I I can agree with this, and I can see the Jaguars win this one as well. uh, I'm going to throw out a prediction based on that. Ooh. And it's going to be a it's a multi week prediction. So how about this? Yeah. I reckon, I reckon we don't see Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach of the Denver Broncos in week ten. Wow! So obviously they got the bye next week, week nine. Yeah. Um. So between the end of this game, so coming out of London, and then their week ten matchup. No more Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. There's a big. How's that for a big prediction? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I remember the punter Jamie Gillen. Um, I think he plays for the Giants, the Scottish Hammer. He had he had some visa issues coming back to the US. I think they're gonna have some visa issues for Nathaniel Hackett after this I'm one. Just get leave it, him there. He yeah, get stay in a, he's staying in a pub drinking beers. That's, that's... Yeah. Cancel him. Just yeah, visa um, issues for him. Have you got any other thoughts on anything else to do with the other matchups we haven't talked about this week? Yeah, I think Devonta Smith going to have a big game over 100 yards against the Steelers. Do you want to throw out more predictions? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, write them all down. Write them all. I think, yeah, Eagles got that one against the Steelers. Cowboys versus Bears. 
I can actually see this be a close three-point victory to the Cowboys somewhere around there because I think the Bears will play pretty good against the Cowboys. Uh, Dolphins and Lions, I think the Dolphins will have a field day on offense, especially with Tua coming back. That should be a quick and easy one for the Dolphins. I think they should do them pretty well. I think Raheem Mostert should have a big day against that terrible, terrible Lions defense. They should finish them off pretty easily. I think Falcons and Panthers going to be a pretty dour affair. Not going to touch them that too much, but I think the Falcons going to get a win there. Where else have we gone here? Saints, Raiders. Yeah, I've got the Saints just... Ed- I've actually... Sorry. Raiders. I've Jam- got the Raiders. Yeah, Dolphins playing. No, Dolphins playing. Dolphin. Yeah, so I'm oh. going with the Raiders. Even though the Raiders defense isn't that good, I'm just going to stick with them because I trust Carl more than Dalton. And they <laughs> they got back last week, so they did pretty well. Um, Where else haven't we gone? Yeah, Colts. Colts, Washington. Bandit. Yeah, the Carson Wentz revenge game, which was to be, but now Heineke's starting. So I, I think... Well, it's both of them. It's backups. It's yeah, backups it's starting. It's not a, it was supposed to be a... It was supposed to be Carson Wentz v. Matt Ryan, the, yeah, the revenge right. game. And now, now, it's, um, now it's Heineke versus Ellinger. <laughs> yeah, I think... I'm going to trust the rookie. First game he comes in, Ellinger gets the win. I think guys like... Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, of course, Michael Pittman, they're going to have good games with Ellinger. I think he's going to just go gunslinger mentality and just air that ball out because he won't care. He's a rookie. He just wants to get in there. He just wants to get the reps in and throw some passes. So I'm going to go Ellinger. I think, yeah, he's going to have a good game. And finally, Browns and Bengals. I think the Bengals should win this one against the Browns who've got a few injuries across the board and yeah you know and I'm going um I'm going Burrow 400 plus yards again oh yeah I, I can get behind that one too <laughs> yeah so yeah it's going to be an interesting week of football I reckon it will be Little, absolutely it will be a few different games here and there but I still think it's going to be there's not I mean obviously there's um uh, there's all the talk of it there's no you know, the 500 teams not playing each other, all that sort of nonsense. But I still think there are some interesting matchups. And if um, the first seven weeks of this season has taught us anything, is that the the records at this point don't matter. They just yeah. don't matter. Um, the bad Name teams, value doesn't matter. Yeah, bad teams can be amazing on the day. Uh, the whole any given Sunday um, nonsense thing. Um yeah, it just it really is in full effect this season, and the NFL yeah. is better off for it because it's a it's far more interesting as a league to to think that the bad team on the day can beat the really good team, um, a la the Colts and the Chiefs um, yeah. a few weeks ago. So um, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. All right, well, well I guess we'll uh, we'll finish it up about there. Uh, as always, you can catch. Manjot on the socials, all over the socials on game day at Pastry Press NFL. You can catch uh, some bits and pieces also at G'day Gridiron on both uh, Twitter and uh, Twitter, and Insta and Facebook. I haven't done a Twitter yet. Um, yeah, and uh, apart from that, you will catch our the dulcet tones, our dulcet tones, some points around Wednesday, Thursday next week for our recap episode of Week 8. See you later. See you, everyone.